Welcome back to Inner Explorations with Angela and Victor, a podcast where we get to hear from deeply wise and creative yoga teachers, Angela Farmer and Victor Van Kooten. We hope these conversations help you open up your inner landscape and move more gently and deeply into your yoga practice and your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider celebrating it in a review on your favorite podcast app. That will help us share these wonderful teachings with a world hungry for life in the slow lane. Learn more about Angela and Victor at Angela-Victor.com. And if you'd like to get in touch about the show, you can send us an email at AngelaVictorPodcast at gmail.com. In this episode, we explore how we can heal ourselves physically, psychologically, and emotionally with a deeply internal yoga practice, and one that is based in a commitment to honest and compassionate curiosity. As we discuss, healing is not some static goal, but a beautiful whole life path. Angela said here, you know, life is therapy in itself, and your issues, your pains, and your blocks are the teachers, the therapy is how we relate to them. I really loved and frankly needed this episode, and maybe someone out there needs it too. Maybe that's you. I hope it helps many of you find your footing on that whole life path of healing. Just one more thing. If you're interested in studying with Angela at this moment, In September 2021, she is teaching live classes via Zoom. This is a great opportunity, and this current series is awesome. It's called Living Fully in Our Bodies, and who doesn't want to do that? Until we can visit them in Greece again, this is the best way to learn directly with Angela. Find out more at the link I'll leave in the show notes. You know, I really have been working in my own practice on uh, healing again. It seems to be that I'm always working on that. And uh, frankly, there's been times that I've been kind of tired of healing. It's just happening and happening and happening. And I think that, you know, perhaps it's just part of the human condition. We have a lot to to heal. So what are we all healing? <laughs> Why are we doing this? What, what, what do we have as human beings that's... Um, given us this, some of us, this drive to heal things. And I'll start with you, Angela. I I know I love to hear you talk about healing. Well, I think uh, I understand you entirely because I'm in the same way. Uh, It it, it keeps on and on and on. When you have a condition like, or a trauma that you've been through, and I think many of us have, it sets you on a path. And that's number one. And then when you're on the park, you think, well, isn't it going to be done? And I can sit back and have a holiday. But um, no, we're on a path. And so these things that come up in our, in our bodies, especially, they're 
actually pointers. And when when we see them as, oh, here's something new to discover, not only in my body that needs healing, but it's connected with an issue in life. And that, that I think has been one of the most important discoveries for me that um, it changes the whole of the practice. Because as you go into a particular issue in your body, you may very well find a new aspect of working with it. Uh, one, inter one, one aspect that came up for me some time ago, but is still very vivid, is separation. So when there's a problem in the body, you need space. Uh, but why do you not have space? And there's a problem, right, if you go to the center that is holding. But if you can find out how to invite the various areas around to separate, so you can start with two, like left and right, and see if one will let go of the other. And so you have start to have a communication with that part of your body. For instance, it could be something in your shoulder. And it's so tight and you push in and you pull and you stretch. But it just feels like hard work. But then when you get inside and ask a definite part, for instance, you can go right inside the shoulder joint and ask, are you ready to let go? of this part, the chest. So can the arm part of the shoulder let go of the chest part of the shoulder? And you find suddenly, it's almost like these places, well, like somebody suddenly respects you and doesn't tell you what to do, but they, they respect and want to know more about the cause of your problem or talk to the different aspects and they, they start to let go. And that is a not only very interesting aspect from the physical healing, but then you suddenly look in your life and you see where do I hold, who do and what do I hold onto? And how can I create more space there? It might be a person that you have an issue with and it goes on and on and on. And then you realize that you just glued in in an unhealthy way. And when you separate, and that I've done a lot with dropping, dropping people out of your shoulders or dropping worries out of a part of your body or dropping fear. Because when you make space, there's an opening through which things can fall out. But you need to consciously make that connection into your life with what and why you have this body aspect. And so then everything you come up to becomes interesting in a much wider way. And that is the path. And if you take away the path, what are you going to do? Just um, lie on the sofa all day. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm always confused about what we call healing because it's connected with the word whole and the holiness can limp around over this planet without feeling uh, problematic about it, which means that 
maybe the body is not really functioning 100%, but inside you can feel very holy and whole. And so there's, it, it comes in levels. And the Hatha Yoga is basically the exercises are there to see if how much of this holiness, this wholeness, can you express into the world through your body. And our body is so connected to the environment that if the environment is not healthy, the body suffers and the healing is, 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 is putting all its energy in trying to recover the body. And so when we are so much body uh, minded, somebody with one arm will never heal that arm, the, the missing arm. It will be there forever. But that holiness comes into developing the other arm so cleverly that it does the work for two. If he really gets into the need to be holy and whole in his body. Um, so it, it is, it is a little. So I, I think you're making a distinction between uh, like physical body healing and, and, and then the inner healing and how those are related. Those must be related yeah. at some level. And, and I, I get what you're saying about that. Well, if you live in a polluted environment, we're not separate from it. So the, the body is, you know, is compromised just like the environment would be. So yeah. there's only a certain level of that kind of healing you can get to, I think. Um, but inner healing that, that, is different. Yeah, the, 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 the real holiness, the wholeness is the Samadhi part of the eight, eight limbs of yoga. It is the wholeness that everybody has. Everybody has this tremendous holy life surge in themselves. So it, it is, a, uh, we are whole. And because we limp and feel the resistance of the world, we are always challenged and see if we can also now heal the world. You know, like Buddha will say, I, I, I'm only finished when all the people around don't feel the misery anymore. You know, there's a, there's a, a feeling of wanting to heal, to make samadhi flow over into the world, make this heaven on earth, basically. And I think that is the I like the sound of that. Flow of healing. <laughs> so, and just to get back to the the roots of of what we have to heal, like Angela, just as you were you were talking about. Um, you know how we you know we're separating the tensions that are in our body we're you know getting into the sort of the physical psychosomatic side of of healing how does how does that tension and that stuff get there in the first place well i think very often they are the natural and healthy body reaction to a big trauma and um if you're very very young you're so small and uh, you receive a, a traumatic experience that your reaction is to close up totally because you don't know anything other than you don't know that there's a possibility on the other side of health and health so you better save what you've got and and you totally freeze up 
And I think many people do have that from if they had a rough birth or even maybe a traumatic time in their in vitreo in their mother's well in their mother's belly. Um, it's been it is known that um, trauma that your mother receives is written into your body. And so we come up slowly to an, a time in life when we become more aware of this. But the body body doesn't know by itself for some reason, doesn't seem to know how to let go of old trauma. Um, I think the animals are better at that than us. They tend to immediately shake or free, freeze and then shake and then move. But that's uh, what, what we carry with us. And so it's a closing up, a lack of space and a hiding away. And the danger with approaching uh, yoga, for example, as something you do and that something that is going to make you better and more perfect is that you try to do things which are challenging and part of you is healthy enough and able to do them and especially if there are expectations there either from a teacher or a parent or or yourself you're striving to please that authority or that one who cares about you. But the other parts that have been traumatized, they're too terrified. They don't even know or dare to join in. And so we learn to do things in life in a crampy way. And in yoga, we can perform things the form asanas have become sort of gods that we're supposed to reach in our bodies. And um, you demand that this stretch out part of you, which is still in a state of terror, and it's all closed up and tight, to suddenly open and perform. And it can't do that, so it hides deeper. And the other part of us, usually the cerebral front brain, um, gets angry with yourself, my stupid body, um, and it either forces and damages you further, or it just manages to somehow give the appearance that you are doing something perfect, which leads to a kind of schizophrenic situation. So part of you is hiding inside, and the other part's doing, performing, and getting successful. And that le leads to a, a dis, to to an unhappiness or a an aggressive way of living your life. So we keep moving forward. We keep, keep trying to do more. We keep trying to achieve or to please. And it's only when we stop, and we have to stop, and step back, and go inside and try. First of all, find where this place is. And it can be quite a big area, but there'll be a center. But you have to find that place inside you, which is holding on. And the beauty of it is that what it's longing for is just to be noticed or to be held. And as you stay with that place, it begins to melt. 
and that's the same with pain. Pain is when you try to attack something that is holding. But instead of attacking it, if you stop and be with it, just be with it and listen to it, not necessarily in words, but feel it, um, there's going to be a, a response of releasing. And I think that's the, the beauty then of yoga or healing or whatever, that you're in a process of meeting places in yourself that have been buried for a long time and are still in there, maybe from when you were small or maybe an accident you haven't had. And just letting them know that they don't, you don't have any expectation. You don't ask them to suddenly jump out and be healed, but you're just there with them. The healing seems to start then on its own. And it may never be like Victor says, if you don't have one arm, you will never grow another arm. But you have a feeling of being whole and happy inside and you start to express that through your living. I think yeah, the, 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 main, the main healer is what they call in yoga detachment meaning space, step back, be in yourself, try to get into the present state of being rather than into an unreal situation. I, I, I see trauma as an experience that you had before that could be very negative, a negative trauma. You can have a very positive trauma. Uh, trauma is based upon the German word Traum, which is dream. So you're not living in reality, you're living in a dream. So you start to focus on that what comes up in your dream world. I want to be there, I want to be not there, uh, avoiding this, avoiding that. But to be in the present and see this, if a dream comes up, is this a real situation can i stay with it and find out why it comes up is there a reason behind it not act immediately not pushing it away not going with it because positive traumas are as bad as negative traumas you have people who laugh about everything and joke about everything avoiding reality you know it's not avoiding reality that yoga advocate in my opinion that's so interesting that the root means to dream i mean trauma does seem to be a reliving of of a dream in the present in the present moment uh, and i'm i'm not familiar with with a positive trauma do you have any I, any ex other examples of what that might be i'm just in my opinion positive trauma is somebody who gets attached to happiness and blind, like it, the people who, who, who are trying to educate everybody to become happy because the happiness is, is the only state that is closest to uh, the satric, uh, blissful state of life. Uh, okay, yeah, I get, what you're, I get what you're saying. It's the sort of, the, it's, it's their way of dissociating, which is, extremely positive but they're not living fully no, in no, in their no. you know whole experience yeah 
there's a kind of a, a push that we do in, in, in our, in our personal selves, we, we push ourselves, we push our pains away. We push into areas, we force them to heal that sort of thing. Um, is, is that part of a greater, um, you know, sort of problem that we have as a culture? I mean, I think of the Western model of medicine as being very pushy. Um, and, and, you know, I haven't, I haven't really put this together yet in this form of a question, but I'm, I'm wondering, is, is the Western medical model, um, is it, is it, is this symptomatic of, of that? Is, is it, the, I don't know what I'm trying to ask. I'm trying to. Well, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's, uh, the front brain trying to control and that moves faster than the soul and the reality of what is there. And I remember a long time ago, I knew an Aikido master and I was watching a class he gave and uh, he came down on somebody who was doing some very fast movement and very big training stuff. And he said um, that you're trying to climb the mountain too fast. You know, that's okay when you're young. And I think this is something also about what you're saying when you're young there is a zest of life and you have to go out you have to explore and push your limits and learn from them and at a certain age she said you have to stop <coughs> and come back and like you have to climb to the top of the mountain if you've got a mountain in your life but when you've done that then you have to learn to live either on it or at the bottom of it and that's when you discover so much that you have and I think with the, the stress you're talking about, we do have, we have stress very easily. And even just you asking a question can bring up a stress. And then we start to close up in that stress and try to find a good answer. But if we, if we practice watching ourselves and noticing when we're under stress, where we have closed up in the body and everybody knows that somewhere and it, some people say it's here um, i notice i close in my lower back very easily or my belly and the first thing is to discover where you close up because it is an, an, a, a response to an old old trauma that is still playing like a record when you notice it and you can say there it is again and not to judge it but you can say kindly to that part of your body i don't need to do that i don't need to close then you get what vic is talking about i think is of that um detachment you detach from the whole situation that is making you stressed whether you're trying to get something done in time or um, whether you're at a Christmas party and it's all going crazy, you just stop, come back inside and watch where your body is responding to that stress in a contractive way and just inform it that it doesn't have to do that. Because the trauma was many years ago usually and now there's no that trauma is no longer there. So you don't have to respond. 
And the slight detachment gives you space. And we need this space to heal and and to, to understand. Yes, to understand something. So you take just take that space and then you see everything differently. You're no longer wound into it. And it happens easily in in relationships and in um work and anything that's demanded of you but that in the yogis say in meditation you have to stop your thoughts well you can't just stop your thoughts because they're like a little machine inside but if you go deep down and find where you're closing up in your body and how you can relate to the earth where we do a lot of work on rooting and coming back into the back body and you find ways where you can bring all your awareness into not stressing not closing up there are no thoughts and at that point you find that deep peace or that somebody's talking about I like that nickname for you, Smarty. I think the awareness is such an important word because it puts you outside of the problem, close to it, but never into the problem. Not Mm. into the joy, not into the misery, but slightly away from it. So there is a space, and that space allows you to watch it and not be spun around and caught by it so that is the attachment versus detachment it means that you're fully aware of what's happening so you become more present with it and not being caught by it so- and and i just want to make a distinction for the listeners it you, you mean detachment in a in a different sense than disassoci- disassociation right yeah yeah, so detachment is something, I guess, more under your awareness and control and disassociation. It's not under is... control. It is It is just the space that you take to have a little distance and not be caught by it, not be sucked into the problem and become the problem. It happens very easily when I get so frustrated when things don't work out. I start to yell and scream. I still keep doing what I'm doing, but I'm doing it in a screaming way. And it's very frustrating for anybody who stands around it because they think that I'm like totally nuts. And but still I can see while I'm screaming and while I'm skating and while I'm doing a practice, I can still see that I'm doing it. So there's still a little space between me getting crazy and 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 making other people crazy with my craziness and they get caught into it and they believe that this is all i have it's not all i have i have a little space i'm not a god i'm not very clever and and I, but it, it i have the space to watch well you know i appreciate both of you as as teachers of mine because there's no air about you that that you are um you are done with your healing or that you are done with being crazy. I, I appreciate 
both of those things. And I aspire to be, you know, uh, alive in my, right. in my, for my whole life, you know, <laughs> I want to, I want to live. Yes. Uh, and, but I've spent a lot of time as a lot of, a lot of people probably listening in the yoga world have done, which is spending a lot of time being, being holy, um, mm -hmm. you know, especially early on, it was, um, a lot of time doing certain postures or taking on certain attitudes or certain ways of dressing or whatever it is that was a form of disassoci disassociation from um, my living, breathing, natural self and body. And, and I just find it refreshing that I think both of you sort of embody that natural way and, 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 you know, you're, I can't believe you're both over 80, but you're still um, saying that, you know, we're living, we're breathing, we're um, healing, we're moving. Um, yeah. And, and still you're sharing and helping lots of other people. I think that just would give a lot of people a lot of a lot of hope. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right because life is all about living, and, and that's a transformative, transformative process. As long as we are ready to transform and to understand other people and to understand yourself and to understand everything that's going on, you're alive. If somebody comes to you and says, oh, holy, 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 can you give me an answer? Can you give me an exercise? You say, yeah. you know. That is not, I'm, I, I, I need to really feel who you are. Don't close yourself away to be an adoring person because it, it's not a help to yourself and it's not a help Agreed. to us. You can't communicate that way. So but letting, when, you let, when you really get into uh, meeting yourself uh, and the places that you're going to meet usually, uh, that, that's that's the good thing about, say, an asana. It doesn't have to be a specific asana, but just opening up or stretching your body in some way until you feel something's blocking or something's hurting or doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't open or doesn't move. That, that's then the place that you can focus on. And the more you uh, approach yourself in that way, you're able to let go all the demands that you put on yourself previously about not being perfect and striving for perfection or seeing somebody else who's so much better than you or um, having, having a big goal in mm. life that you're striving for. And the striving changes. It, does, it doesn't mean that you opt out, but you just begin to slow down and see what you have already and then go deeper and open up more of yourself and the places that really help most in your progress of evolving are actually the places which are considered not working not functioning something to be blamed or something ugly and so when you said does the healing ever stop um, I think if it stopped, 
you stopped, life has stopped, because <laughs> if you look at the trees, they, they, we have all these olive trees and they are cut and hit every year to get the olives down and then they're chopped more to make them more productive by not growing too tall and staying a certain size. So they have lost limbs left, right and center and they grow in strange, wonderful ways. Each tree is totally different because it's been traumatized and hit in different ways. But the way it continues its life and keeps on producing more life is so beautiful. And you look at the trunks of them and you could say, oh, poor tree, how ugly it is because it's not growing straight. And you see how beautiful it is, the way it has dealt with its injuries and its losses. And that's why people love them so much, I think, because they feel that sense of, of it continuing to live with joy and, and with delight, no matter what. And I must say, being able to just not put pressures on myself to be more perfect or be this, that, or feel inadequate, but just accept the things that come up for me um, and work on them. I do work on myself every day, but only in a way that is exploring how could I possibly root a little deeper there so something could open here and trying to meet places that are probably blocked for the rest of my life because of what happened to them, but meet them in a different way. Um, I then feel cleansed and, and happy for the rest of the day. So doing less yoga, <laughs> but more internal work has made life much mm. more fun and, um, and <laughs> much more um informative yeah i you know I, I appreciate hearing you say that um when you do uh, some some yoga you feel better and cleansed for the rest of the day i think where i get lost in my practices oh i'm clean i'm cleared out i'm cleaned out oh this is my new normal now so i'll stop doing the practices because now i feel it, it might be a week or two of feeling a certain way and then i'm like okay well i'm, I'm set now i've i've reached a plateau of healing and I'll just go up from here and 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 I'll stop a practice that I've been doing and then I'll look back weeks later and say where did I get lost I don't even remember uh what thing I let go of and what was the key thing but it was it was the enjoyment of those practices and and doing them not out of pressure but out of um um regularity or out of joy yeah. that it, it really was the key yeah. yeah why don't you stop breathing then you know exactly what happened exactly and 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 that's you know stop, stop well that's breathing. that's the kind of level of i'm always evaluating what how much of what practice do i need right now i've got a full-time job um i benefit from you know being outside running hiking uh i love doing this this high intensity workout sometimes i love doing like uh, a sort of like a standard Western yoga practice. I love doing a squirmy 
you know, Angela and Victor inspired yoga practice, but I don't have time for all of that. So I'm tr constantly trying to figure out which are, is the combination and what right amounts that really helps me, um, to, to heal. And, and what happens inevitably, I switch from one to another and each one has its own benefit. And right now I'm just trying to find, you know, sort of, uh, something that really just works for me uh, because like, how about just going to the place that gives you pain or trouble most difficulty or the part of your body or breakfast that you dislike most how about just going to that and spending a few minutes or maybe a little more every day with that and that can be a total practice rather than doing lots of different things you just spend time with one place that will affect your whole body it will affect your whole life i can promise you it, it means you have to be more demanding of what you really feel in the position that you're in that you really watch it that you become more aware that you go in and out and around and back and forth and this, and really start to explore so much deeper it is the depth that you uh live in and live on that really gives you the biggest bell, uh, uh, joy and, and, and opening. Uh, it's always, uh, every joint that we have is limiting our movement. But sometimes you can see circus people using their joints so far that you say, this is incredible. I can't believe that they're still alive when they dislocate their arm and put it in and out and chick jack. But they have actually learned to be in that place so much and such a deep interest in making more space that they can do it. And on the other hand, there are people who are doing this with force. And when they are young, they are even by their fanatic parents pushed into a certain corseted way to grow and stay open and make the body uh, actually deform the body beyond its necessity just to to make money out of out of your body you know to, to make it into a stunt but that's not what yoga is about yoga does go to the borderlines the borderlines where pain comes in, where trauma comes in, where you get frustrated, like, oh, I can't go further. Where then when you go further, trauma comes in in a positive way that you, oh, look, I can do this. And then it closes the next day and it's still back to zero, things like that. So there are all these levels of, 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 of feelings and joy that live within how you practice like i love what you say about going out you love to go out and bicycle or whatever you do and i think that is so important um and so if you find in your yoga practice just working or being present with and slowly uncovering some part of you that is locked up still or gives you pain still or is a problem for you 
And you don't need to take so much time. You don't need to do so many different things. Just do that one thing. And then whatever else that you like to do, uh, Shavasana or sitting, breathing. But make sure that you always go to what you love, which is to be in nature and feel the elements. And because the nature is healing you and the fresh air and the water, as long as you don't do it as a, a project, you do it because you just love it and it's different each day you notice new things you get new experiences you get, you get new wisdom from the oh. nature and i think that that the combination of that inner work and outer work it doesn't have to be so much or so intense mm. but that's that's like your essential food and and this is inc incredible medicine just to have this for me to to play back and listen to i i and to remind myself of this is is so important um and so thank you and also i i do want to say that um two things so i i i do have the benefit right now of being very injured i went on a very very big hike last weekend and um was feeling great it was but it was one of the steepest hikes i've ever done in the mountains and i two days later my back is completely locked up i'm having actually i've got a muscle relaxer that was that i was taking because it was just in a spasm but the the great thing about that is that i actually got an x-ray just to make sure there was nothing wrong and i haven't seen an x-ray of my spine or pelvis ever lo and behold i found out that i have a pretty big scoliosis in my lower spine and in my tail. And since our last conversation was about tails, I've been re-listening to it. Um, I've got, I, I don't want to say it's a project, but I definitely have somewhere to work right now, um, it, unwinding that lower spine and my tail. So I imagine I could spend just some time with that because that's a very old thing. So I, I promise, I promise you, I will, I will do that. Um, just, choosing an area and and so the other thing i wanted to mention was that because you you've you've taught us all all this many of us who are listening to this podcast um i did spend about 20 minutes in my shoulders yesterday just laying on a um a big foam roller and i i watched my mind and i and i, I just i'm going to share this because i think our audience would relate and I was spreading my arms wide. I'm laying with my back on this big roller and letting my arms just spread out like wings. And something in me was saying, you know, reach, reach further and, and stretch this stuff. And then I noticed there was a pain that was, it was almost like electricity going between my arms and my shoulders. And in the voice in me was saying, you know, just push through that. And for the first time right. in a long time, I, you know, it's, it's been a while since I've really done this kind of work. I said, wait, Angela and Victor would, would say, take a look at this and just back up a little bit, be curious about it. And I, I literally, I really don't say this much, but I said, okay. I took on Angela's voice and said, dear shoulder. <laughs> I love when you say that dear shoulder, what's tell me about yourself, what's going on in here. And it was just incredible that as I just, 
I said, I'm not going to push. I'm not going to force you to do anything. I'm just going to let you tell me about yourself. And I mean, of course, as you would guess, the shoulder just melts open and I find this new range of motion. And what's, what's really powerful to me is that my debate about all of these modalities that I use is that sometimes when I'm practicing yoga that I think is similar to what you're teaching, I don't find that strength, that, uh, that, that I really enjoy sometimes as a young male. But when I was feeling through my shoulders, I felt, oh, like there's some scar tissue. And once I felt through the scar tissue, I said, well, there's my hand. It's coming out of my shoulder. I can feel how my hand's connected. And oh, there's power. It's coming in. I feel strength coming into my arms. And all I was doing was stretching them. And I felt a real sense of of uh, power come into them, which was counterintuitive to me because I thought I was just lightly opening and stretching. But I realized that process opened up my whole energy system as well. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Like, uh, right. Yeah. I also think that what you said about climbing this steep hill and, and suffering for two days with cramps and, 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 and tightness in your back, that you became afraid that you had damaged something. This is something that is very important that when you go beyond your normal activity and, and get into a steeper hill, the body has to work so hard. At the end result, after the two days, your muscles are stronger. So you have strengthened your muscles. There's nothing wrong about that, but that's, yeah. that's the pain that you get is a positive pain. There's not a negative pain. Uh, you didn't have to take your medication to uh, relax the muscles. You can just breathe into it. That will yeah. be enough. And, and live with it. Live with the pain. I mean, this is the whole thing about medication and medical world and insurances. The fear that is caused by drawing people away from their own nature and away from the nature around them and go bringing them into a chemical uh, uh, kind of imitation of what yeah. it does. So they become more dependent on the so-called medical impression of nature uh, to heal you. But it, it has so many side effects. And we could be in our own nature, not disturb, not take medication, not take anything, not do all these things that we are told to do because the medical world is out for money. It started with an interest in nature. They found out all the powers in nature. They took it into little chemical reactions and then they got the chemicals that they thought that would be enough whereas the shaman says no you need the whole plant forget about it you need actually also the plants that grow around it you need the whole nature you have to be in nature you don't climb on the mountain you have to be in the mountain you have to become the mountain this is so important to live in the present state of your own being and not disturb it by fear that the body is not enough by itself. It's dependent on the medical sure. world. You are a victim of a horrific accident. And I'm the victim 
of horrific medical surgery that was not necessary. And these things um, stay with us for life. And <clears throat> what we're here to do is somehow uh, make peace with that, with what's happened to us and see how it can actually be part of our growth and our teaching. They become our greatest teachers, as, as you know. But um, I think the, the medical world does have some wonderful uh, possibilities, mostly in very, very serious situations where people would otherwise die or they come in from a car accident. They need immediate help. And, uh, yeah. But they do very often jump ahead and not ask the question, what about lifestyle? What about what can you do for yourself without taking medicines, without having a surgery? Victor has many people who come and they've been trying everything. Doctor gives them medications and injections and finally says the only solution is surgery. And they have one session with Victor or two and they're- or 12. <laughs> and sometimes 12, yeah. Then they're right as rain again. And I know that my surgery I had was totally unnecessary. But on the other hand, I do believe the doctors were trying to do their best. And so, but the main thing is, what is my approach to it? How do I use it? How can I uh, make friends with it? And I think that's where we have to go from. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different issue. So a different pathway also. Maybe I'll ask just one follow-up question for this segment. And, and, and for those listeners who are curious about Angela's uh, story about her early, early life, we talk about that in the um, first or second episode. So uh, you can go back and listen to that. Um, so Angela, you know, for those of us who have gone through, you know, very intense experiences and traumas and um, interpersonal or or accidents or what whatever, there's a really dark and scary side to to that. How do we approach that with a with a yoga practice and with an awareness practice? Um, that's really, you know, I I certainly don't want to say that people shouldn't go to therapy and things like that. But um, how does a yoga practice guide us into those those spaces? Well, hopefully it guides us deeper inside to own, number one, own it and get to know it personally rather than putting our bodies into somebody else's hands. Sometimes that's helpful. Sometimes you want to do that. Sometimes you get some new ideas from going to a therapist or whatever. But the more you realize that life is therapy in itself and your issues, your pains and your blocks uh, are the teachers. And the therapy is how you relate to them. And I sometimes think of it like we have a whole family in us as our bodies. And some of members of that family are bright and intelligent and healthy. They run, they jump, they have fun and they're shining lights in society and successful 
and others uh, so crippled up that they hide under the staircase uh, and don't want to be seen. And then there are all the others in between. But when you step back and just own them all, you feel whole. That is the wholeness that, that I've learned to understand. And, and I have this image of going to a party with all my family. That's my inner family, the ones that can't walk, the ones that, that are bright and jumpy and happy. And uh, I say, here I am with all my family. And it's an enormous opening to own and take all these parts of yourself out into the world. And then you find, like that film, My Left Foot, that in, it was a true Irish story of the little boy who was so crippled he hid under the staircase. And um, <clears throat> the other children got education, it was a very poor Irish family. And one day one of the children was stuck in his math problem and a voice came from under the stairs and told him what to do. And they suddenly realized this little creature under the stairs was a worthwhile person. And he came out and he learned how to paint. I think somebody came and gave him a paintbrush and paper and um, his paintings got exhibited and sold and he made money for his mother. So it's a beautiful story and a true story. But these places in us that we feel ashamed of or angry about, and I know those well, and often why did they do that to me? <laughs> But there are places where there's huge secrets and wisdom and um, life. And the more we own them and then meet them, and it's like you found, you met your shoulder in a kind way, it gave you a whole gift. So it turns right around that the horrible trauma can very often give you gifts. And that's what makes you a fuller happier person. I think, I think also it's called transformation that when you step back and listen and not uh, cramp up with fear of death, because that's the basis of all fears, the unknown dark side. This is the most important part for me to study is that there is something that I don't know and there's a lot that I can't see because it's dark, it's living its own life. It is not into my existence yet, but I'm ready to wait for it and to see it and to sit on the side of the river and watch things go by. And that's important for me to, to be, uh, you know, it's, it's a place of transformation if you can be in the present state of mind and not be overwhelmed by fear and by threatening darkness. Darkness could be such a blessing. That's why the night is there. It is such a blessing because it gives you the time to really uh, feel into what you're not yet. It's a very important part. The most important part to connect with for me, but that's my personal life. 
Yes. I just want to add that in that film, this little child was so crippled, the only part of his body he could move was his left foot. But when they gave him a paintbrush, he learned to paint with his left foot. Oh my goodness. It's beautiful and uh, such a such a an eye opener, you know, that whatever you have that you're ashamed of or doesn't function can sometimes be your way to enlightenment and happiness.